0: Hello everyone. Thank you for joining this week's podcast of things you should know to make your business grow. And today we have a focus on the largest economic opportunity in the world today. It has been for a number of years and will continue to be so and continues to grow, which is China. I'm very pleased to have with us, Mr. Dor Barak, our UK lead of the PTL group. Dor, if you'd like to say hello.
1: Hello, everyone. And thanks so much, um, Siwan
0: and Mark, for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you guys today. Pleasure to have you here as well. And as Doris mentioned, of course, we have Siwan Ren, who's CEO of GigCMO China and CEO of the Global GigCMO Group. Siwan, would you like to say hello?
2: Hello, everyone. Uh, Hi, Dor. Welcome to our podcast.
0: Anyway, it's it's, uh, great to have Dor with us today. Really interesting conversation about the opportunities and how to succeed in China. As I mentioned earlier in the conversation, you know, China is such a huge economic opportunity. And no matter what's going on in the world, there are two markets that you have to participate in if you're going to succeed globally. One, obviously, is the United States, and now, uh, without a doubt, China as well. And the PTL Group is a very uh, important firm for anybody looking to enter China to consider talking to. So Dora, why don't you explain a little bit about what the PTL group is all about for us?
1: Um, sure, I'd love to. So um, so I guess you could summarize um, PTL group as a China market enabler. Um, the technical term for that is an operational management firm. And uh, that's both of those terms are pretty broad and they're kind of intentionally so. It's because really we, We do quite a lot of stuff when it comes to to doing business and helping companies in China. Um, You can kind of summarize our work under under two business models. One is is what we call operational outsourcing. And that's where foreign companies who want to enter the market or who want to do business in China, but perhaps don't want to overcommit in setting up their own entity or setting up their own manufacturing line, their own logistics um, or supply chain operation. So they they utilize us and they utilize the, the kind of the service platforms that we provide to um, to execute those functions. So we do everything from recruiting and then employing staff on behalf of our companies and our clients. Uh, we transact on behalf of our clients. We have we have importation and exportation warehousing um, and everything else in between when, when it comes to supply chains and we also have a um, a manufacturing arm that helps companies to do everything from sourcing components um, all the way over to um, R&D, bespoke manufacturing and then distribution across, um, across China. So that's kind of the first um, business model that we run. The second is what we call um management trust. and management trust is kind of for companies that are further along in their china journeys who have kind of already validated have established that there is a market for them in china and who are now looking to to the next step and that's where they they set up their own entity and they use our administrative and financial management teams to actually oversee that entity for them so we'll do their bookkeeping we'll run their audits we'll pay out their salaries, and we'll keep them up to date with the the laws and the changes in China, so that, you know, at the very least, the administrative side of things, they can rest assured are are covered. Um, So that's us. I guess the the simplest way to think of of, of us is that we are the doers when it comes to any business function or need in the Chinese market.
0: Excellent. Thank you for that, Dor. Uh, You know, it sounds like, and we discovered uh, PTL Group is part of our partnership with Go To Market Global, which mm. uh, the PTL Group is also part of. And the great thing about what your firm offers is, anybody who's looking at China, you remove a lot of the barriers and hesitations people have. Can because you can help market entry for startups. You can help existing firms scale higher. So basically, you really provide. Uh, a, a, an entry route for just about any firm looking for uh, entry in the Chinese uh, the Chinese market. So uh, you know that's fantastic for all our listeners. C1 uh, China market opportunities and challenges. Uh, w- what do you think? W- what would you say to firms looking at the Chinese market?
2: Um, China is a big and complex market. Uh, it's has so many opportunities, but also possess so many uh, challenges, especially for uh, uh, organisations uh, in the West. Um, the cultural gap is is big. Um, but if I were summarise um, my impression uh, of Chinese market for uh, to a, to an overseas company, I would say. Um, the the mindset uh, in the Chinese market either from the consumer point of view or customer point of view or partnership point of view the mindset is completely different Um, so when you look at China market before you go into where the resource where the competition where the the uh, the partnership and opportunities do you think that chinese people um chinese consumers and customers they think a very different way than what we do in the west so i would say that is a a, a very uh, that opens a bit a big opportunities but also that that shows that the, the the challenges for people going to the chinese market what do you think about that uh, a door?
1: Um, I think you, you hit the nail on the head, Siwon. Um, I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, the the opportunities in China, I think, really, you know, speak for themselves. I think China sells itself in terms of what's possible to achieve. You know, it's soon to be the world's largest economy. It's such a fast-moving economy, has all, all of these different kind of burgeoning te- um, sectors, be it technology, um, fashion, and really everything else in between. So it's so exciting for, for so many reasons and I think one one product that that excitement has um, has developed is this um kind of the falseness or kind of the false impression of of foreign companies saying that they're selling in China and you know they're saying that they're selling in China because it's almost like a like a badge of honor but really what a lot of companies are doing is they're they're selling but in a very limited capacity or they're they have a sales presence in china but they're getting it completely wrong so they're you know they're working with or, or they're assuming better yet, let's let's speak um, in those terms they're assuming that if they work with one distributor or they you know they sell on one e-commerce platform or one shop or you know whatever it is that they're going to be able to reach the whole of the chinese economy and china is a huge economy but it doesn't operate as as one mega economy, and you know, see you, and Mark. I'm sure you, you both know this that it's it's very very um, split, be that by by province or sectors or demographics, and it's you know it's kind of the equivalent of of companies saying, oh, you know, I I sell in the UK, but really what they mean is they only sell in in Liverpool or uh, you know Derby or in one you know just one city or just one one market. But then you say, okay, well, what about London. What about Manchester? What about Scotland? And people don't have that same outlook for China. And I think it's, that's a, a massive challenge that people don't really see. Is that you can you can get into the market and you can sell, but are you really capitalising on all of the potential that's there? Are you really exercising all of all of the different potential revenue streams, all of the different provinces, and how much do you really know, as well, about the market? How much do you know about your audiences, how they're perceiving your product? So yes, yes a lot. that's
0: a, that's very insightful, Dor. Early in my career, uh, in the '90s, so well before probably both of you were born, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time in China, and we always talked about, you know, tier one, tier two, tier three cities, and distribution was absolutely key, and distribution remains critical in the Chinese market. And we all, everybody loves labels, right? So as, as you say, oh, I, I, I'm selling into China, y- you might be, you know, selling into this little niche, but you really aren't succeeding in the Chinese market, just like you can be selling in on the, you know, as you said, selling in in Manchester and missing the rest of the UK or selling in New York and thinking the U.S. is, a, you know, replicated by your success in the York in New York, which is obviously not the case. So China obviously has its own uh, distinctive challenges and it's a huge country uh, with, with huge challenges that brands have to look, how do I develop my business and my brand? C1, would you like to add something to that?
2: I think um, both of you covered uh, two very good points. Uh, do, you mentioned one that about the label, Uh, about uh, foreign companies going to China uh, to succeed is actually uh, looking really good uh, uh, for uh, a business. I think that is very true um, because the Chinese market is so complex and and difficult to enter um, because of various factors including the cultural difference, different mindset, as I mentioned, Uh, and it possesses so many uh, uh, sub-markets and it's diverse. So uh, for a company going to China, need to look at uh, within China, what are the priorities in the sub-market? What what locations, what segmentations, what target group to start with? uh, And also need to be patient because uh, to succeed in China isn't quick, it's, uh, y- you need to have a um, long-term uh, uh, view uh, to see the return, and once that return, once the business is established in China, that uh, return will be big. So, with this um, uh, complexity and the long-term return in, uh, uh, on investment, that making um, the success success, uh, in China uh, as as a milestone for a business. That's why uh, when you operate and succeed in China, it is significant uh, uh, to to a business. Uh, As Do you mentioned, it will be a very good label for a business uh, when they succeed in China. On um, the second point, that Do you mentioned that um, uh, within China, there are so many, uh, uh, it's very diverse um, and there are so many uh, sub markets. China is huge. And uh, when you look at uh, uh, Europe, uh, we see within the European market, there are different countries. And you could could almost equivalent that within China, uh, from the East Coast to the central China to the West, uh, from the North to the South. Uh, Each region, um, not mentioning the vertical uh, sectors, each region has their their own characteristics. And the consumers and uh, B2B customers, they have their own way of doing things or uh, perceive brands differently and they have different uh, um, demographic uh, composition and and also uh, disposable income as well. So when you say you're going to China, company also need to uh, be careful or prioritize which part of China they want to go go in first, and then uh, expand within China uh, from logistics point of view. As Mark, you mentioned, what do you <laughs> think?
1: Oh, um, definitely, definitely. I was uh, I was going to to chime in as well. Um, I think that you know a, a lot of what you said, um, C1, can be summarized under um, under the term kind of. Well, under, under market learning is the technical term, or the more professional term. But I would um, also just just say a bit more crassly is that companies should should do their homework before entering China. And you know, I'll say that now. I'll say it at the end of the podcast. I'll say it in the middle. It's it's something that we're such big advocates of is you know, not just going into the market blind, or or even worse than than going in blind is going in with assumptions, assumptions that foreign companies have developed here in the West, in other market entries that they've tried to facilitate, be that to, you know, America or anywhere else in Europe. Um, It's just, it's simply not the same in China. And it's almost better to kind of throw everything, you know, out the window and start with a blank canvas and say, okay, this is my product. You know, I believe it will appeal to an audience in China, but how will it appeal to them? How should I market myself? How should I call my company? You know what? What name will I give myself? I think you know. Whenever I speak to to foreign companies looking to enter China, and I say to them, "You do realize that you're going to have to, you know, come up with a Chinese name. You can't just call it. You know, Coca-Cola in China is different. McDonald's in China is different. And people are shocked by this because, for you know, for the rest of the world, or at least. In in the Western world, they have they kind of they speak one language, they have one brand, they have one message, they create one campaign, they have one business model, one form of distribution, and for China and for for all of our all of the clients who work with us, we we always advise them to to kind of come at it with a, kind of a blank canvas and say, okay, how will I market? How will I set up my business? How will I sell? And when when you can do that, when you can kind of um, approach China with this fresh perspective, it's really those companies that succeed over the ones who you know just try and take one marketing campaign that they've run in the West and you know, translate it into Mandarin, or um, who you know who don't spend time learning about who their audiences are, who their consumers are, who's going to buy their products, who's going to sell them. And it's it's kind of this um, sticking point, that so many companies that that really is kind of the first step into China. You've started thinking about it, okay, how am I going to action my you know what business plan am I going to take? What steps am I going to take? And companies need to to hear that even when they you know even before they've started thinking about entering the Chinese market. So I think you know Cwan si you you touched on that really beautifully, and I just wanted to kind of re-emphasize that.
0: Yes, I think, you know, market expansion uh, to any new market, you you really have to sit back and review what your business model's value proposition and and tailor it for uh, the market you're entering. And I I think, you know, Dor, uh, a lot of times when people are going to other markets, uh, not China and perhaps not in Asia, you know, they don't do that as well as they should and don't succeed as well as they could have. Uh, but certainly in, in Asia and China in particular, it's a huge barrier if you don't get that right. So I think that's a you know really important point by uh, both uh, both of you, Dora and C1. Now, so we're talking. You said, Dora, you know even before you you really start to think too hard about it, uh, you need to sit back before you commit to anything. At what point should somebody engage with the PTL group? That is a, a good question, and, and one that that has
1: uh, has a few answers. Um, but I'll try to be as succinct as possible. Um, so we we engage with companies at pretty much any stage of their of their China journeys. We like to call it. So all the way over from those kind of first initial thoughts about entering the Chinese market, I do a lot of work with companies who are you know who are yet to set foot into the market, but you know whatever reason um, they've decided that China is their next um, kind of port of international expansion. So we help um, you know startups who are um, like you said Mark and completely um, correctly so we help startups who you know are still in the R&D stages of developing their product um, you know gaining investment going through the investment rounds all the way over to companies who have operations in China who have a business and they just want to optimize their um, the way that they that they operate their business. so um, if that's helping them with you know shoring up their supply chain, helping them to better manufacture something or just helping them to you know audit and manage their businesses but I would say to to any you know, business owner, any um, you know, director CEO who's making these sorts of decisions about where, um, a company could sell is that companies who are managed effectively in China, who have um, you know trusted local partners, who have a a business presence that can adapt and can learn quickly, can scale up quickly if need be. Um, so long as they have a good product uh, or a good solution, a good service, they they should. Take a whack at China. They should try and enter the market because I think a lot of companies get put off um, by the the potential costs that come with entering the Chinese market. You know, they don't want to. A lot of companies assume that you know to enter China, I have to set up a company, I have to spend you know heaps and heaps and heaps on on marketing. I have to recruit a big local team, and you know those things will come, and no doubt there's a chicken and an egg there in the sense that. If you do invest in those resources, you will also see more returns and more, you know, more faster progress, I should say. But there are ways to enter the Chinese market that we advocate that are super lean, super cost effective and kind of limit a company's exposure. So they're not overcommitting committing from day one. Um, and that's a message that we've been trying to get across for a while is, you know, have a go at China, Worst case it doesn't work out. And you know,
0: at least then you know hindsight is a beautiful thing. Great. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Dora, that's excellent. You raised that I'm sure our listeners would be really interested. What's kind of the minimum e- entry? The minimum entry cost, yeah. you know, to, to get in there to do the basics, just so it can help our listeners think, hmm, that's not too bad. Right. You know, of course there's other costs, you got to build your brand and establish you know, your sales force and, and time and really operate, but to set yourself up as a credible player, to give yourself a foundation for future success in China, what's kind of those costs a, a firm would be looking at, because that will let, I think, I think many people are going to be surprised and think, Oh, is that all? And mm. then I can get going. Cause they don't, they don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, sure. Sure. I mean, look, I will, I'll kind of start with a number because um, I think the that- People want to hear a number ultimately I and mean, then I'll work my way backwards. Um, from our estimation, and this includes um, you know, service fees that we were charged to, to operate this, you can have a, a sales presence in China for about, I'd say, as, as little as £70,000 for a year. And why seventy thousand and and why a year? I mean, we usually say around hundred thousand um, USD. Um, an approach that we advise a lot of clients to to embark on is to start with one sales rep on the ground, one sales rep. And the reason why we are, we say have somebody on the ground is because it's you know it's to avoid kind of the, the point that I touched on earlier of, of um, having the the false badge of saying I sell in China. But really what you mean by selling in China is that you give your product to somebody else to sell and you have no idea how they're performing. So we help companies to recruit and then to employ without the need for them to set up an entity, their own sales rep on the ground who we always vet, ensure has relevant market experience. And then what that sales rep will do for the year is they'll go out and they will Try and sell your product. So they'll speak with not one but 50 distributors. They will go and speak with retailers. If you have a consumer product, they'll speak with um, you know direct consumers, online um, kind of e-commerce channels, whatever it is. It's obviously very product or service specific. But that that kind of year of runway, giving a sales rep one, or if you should you know jump ship and say. I tried, I genuinely tried. I didn't just give my products to you know to a distributor or to one you know e-commerce um, platform to sell. I actually had my own physical representation in China, and it succeeded or it didn't succeed. okay, well, why, if it didn't succeed, why did it not succeed? What can you imagine what what lessons companies will learn from having somebody on the ground
0: who's you know fighting that in their corner truly? And absolutely. You know, yeah. I, I think you're right. You know, saying about hundred thousand dollars, seventy thousand pound, it's a test market in you know what is either the number one or two market in the world. If you told somebody, you know what, to really understand the U.S. market, you've got to run a test market for basically a year, get a pair of boots on the ground, which I think mm-hmm. is uh, what you're talking about. Nobody would think that would be you know uh, uh, unreasonable. Of course, people would like to do it in a in a lower cost way, I think, oh, there's different ways you can test in and do things. But I think for many firms, that's, that's a reasonable amount. Because if you think, okay, $100,000, I will then know the future potential of my business in a market you can't afford to be in. You know, that's not entirely out of the realm of, uh, I, I think, a, a lot of firms who are looking at the Chinese market and perhaps have succeeded in other markets. I personally wouldn't take China as my first export market if I I'm agree. a UK firm and I've never been abroad. I think I'd have to learn some of the lessons that apply for international market expansion for any any country going to. But I think once you've got a few of those markets under under your belt, approaching the China market uh, is a, is a sensible next step. C1, what would what do you think?
2: I think um, um, I agree with you, Mark. Um, but if you look at uh, uh, China, um, and especially uh, over the last 30 odd years, China has grown significantly. And uh, the uh, at the moment, so the customers, the B2B customers, and also the consumers, they are are uh, hungry for uh, foreign brands foreign investment and foreign uh, opportunities so uh, when you expand first uh, internationally look at the market that is uh, uh, as a stepstone stone and to to gain international market expansion experience but don't discount china uh, which has the uh, a big opportunity And I think, uh, Dor, you have provided very good uh, uh, advice uh, uh, and also PTL Group can help uh, companies operate in China. Uh, I would say uh, to uh, foreign companies, for companies going to Chinese market on the strategic level, as going to many other uh, international markets, is to study uh, the market itself and also review the uh, business model, review the the business foundation, which covers the business model, value proposition, and uh, segmentation. As we have mentioned many times in our previous podcast, the digital uh, advancements will make uh, uh, the companies going to China Rethink how uh, what is the easiest and the cost effective way, uh, or what is the, the business model for the Chinese market uh, and the value proposition. Uh, the value proposition for the home market and for other markets could be different uh, for the Chinese market. So review of the uh, value proposition is important. And also focus on not just what features that you can provide within your solutions or your products, But but more importantly, what are the benefits that you can bring to your customers in the Chinese market? And don't forget, Chinese uh, consumers or uh, business uh, customers, they are very big in brands. And make sure you build a, a trustworthy, a proper brand before you go into the Chinese market. And thirdly is the segmentation. And as Do mentioned earlier, uh, within China, there are many sub markets and the markets and vertical sectors are different. So segmentation and prior, prioritisation of the target group is also very important. So when you think about China, think about the strategic uh, and the business foundation, as well as practically and, t- uh, and operationally, how you going to that market?
0: Yes, and I, I that's a great point, C-Y, and I think the other thing, and Dora, I'm sure you've experienced that, and we have, you know, worked with a number of clients on that, and at the moment when the world, everybody's not traveling, it's a bit more challenging, but for UK companies, you know, there's a lot of Chinese travelers and tourism, and now residents in, in, in the UK and other countries, and that's an opportunity to already understand if you're a consumer brand or a very unique B2B proposition, how those existing uh, Chinese expatriates who are living abroad experience and engage with your, your your product, because that diaspora is very strong. And there's a showcase strategy that, that many companies use in Duty Free and other places to get first exposure of their brand uh, with consumers from around the world. And you might find As many small UK firms here have, uh, they've developed a local, a local following, uh, a local and loyal following of Chinese consumers who have provided a basis for their brand to go back to China and then be picked up and then start to develop. And then I'm sure you've had those people reach out to you that have had success that way, Dor. And then they've come and said, "Okay, we want to invest further now because we've already succeeded with our." Our test market abroad, so to speak.
1: Uh, yeah, ab- absolutely, um, Mark. You, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, you know, uh, China is a completely um, dig- digitalized economy, and also that extends into society. So, you know, if we think that you know um, social media rules all here in the West, in China, it's uh, it's even more kind of omnipresent it really is everywhere and there's a social media platform for everything and you know the reason why i'm kind of sticking to that point is because the the chinese expats who are who are here in um, i'm in london and you know there are there are lots of of, you know chinese who are either here for for studies or who are here you know who reside here who work here and anything that, that they consume or purchase here Rest assured that they are, um, you know, it's 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 not Twitter in uh, in China. There's uh, you know, there's Weibo, there's Xiaohongshu, there's Douyin, which is uh, obviously TikTok, and tens, if not almost hundreds, of, of other platforms that um, the that Chinese people are communicating on. So you guys are, are completely right. Anything that is being consumed here that is you know sought after by these. Um, these test markets that that brands are targeting. Um, Rest assured that people are hearing about it, you know, on the other side of the world, in the Far East, in China. And that is a a fantastic launchpad for companies who are, you know, who are wanting to get in. Um, Sometimes it's, it's, you know, it's consumer-led rather than company-driven, the the journey or the entry into China.
0: So so fantastic. So there might be some firms here who've already discovered uh, that they're serving or part of their their customer base at the moment is is Chinese. They could be researching that further to understand uh, that proposition. Is it going back? Are they having people, you know, come into their stores over here or pick up their products and and ship that home? And once they've understood that, you're a perfect next stage for those firms because they actually have a proven track record. They've got a proposition that seems to be attractive. And then they can work with you to, OK, how do we really make this succeed by focusing resources on the the opportunity in, in China itself and not just with those who travel and live abroad? Uh, excellent. Very, very yeah, interesting.
1: Absolutely. And um, just kind of because we're, we're kind of on the topic of, you know, B2C and, and consumer goods, an area that, that lots of foreign companies or that it appeals to lots of foreign um, brands and consumer-facing products is. Um, China's e-commerce um, kind of ecosystem, let's call it. There's, um, there's so much on offer there in terms of um, you know, opportunities to sell to companies in an online capacity. Um, we've started working in a kind of in a hybrid form of, um, of online and offline support for companies. So we, we have recently been, been supporting them also in the um, supply chain management of their e-commerce operations and you know on the more administrative and financial side of things. But um, a, very, a very common route, um, Mark and Sivan, as we're kind of you know touching on now is to, yeah, to have that kind of that test market validation over here in the West, and then to say, okay, I, I can see that my product appeals to Chinese consumers. How can I get it in front of them? Um, what's the arguably the easiest way to to get a product in front of you know a wide um, or a large amount of of consumers? And it's undoubtedly the um, you know, the online the e-commerce um, platforms. So there's um, you know, there's a lot to be to be said and done there as well.
0: Yes, I, I think China is one of the great startup nations of the world. If you look at the degree of innovation. Entrepreneurial skills. I mean, they've reinvented uh, markets, and there's a lot of uh, firms over here in the West who actually now scan the Chinese market to see what ideas can they bring back here, because the innovation in some categories is so much, uh, so much further ahead. And you know, Amazon's uh, not in the Chinese market for reasons we 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 know that they're not allowed in. Uh, But they're always looking to the Chinese market for, you know, what are some great ideas I can borrow and 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 reinvent here. And so there's an important market scanning uh, function in any in any company who's who's digital to make sure they understand uh, what the digital experience is like in a country like uh, like China, because they are so dominant. And you've mentioned some of the platforms that have that have crossed over. Siwan, would you like to add anything to that?
2: Um, I think that's absolutely right. And looking at the innovation, the uh, digital development, um, really um, back to what I said earlier, um, looking at China, think it differently, that, uh, uh, think, think digital um because digital development innovation is not just a, a method of doing business is is a way of living uh, in China people live uh, uh, digitally um, uh, in China so uh, with the technology development and and also the the, the new uh, innovative, uh, uh, activities and apps and uh, companies coming up every single day uh, really think it differently when you look at the the Chinese market.
0: Yes. And I think one of the other things just before we, we wrap up is, you know, China obviously has a different political system. But one of the benefits of their political system is when the government says we are going to focus on these particular sectors, such as AI and healthcare and, and some other sectors, you know they're going to focus it on, you know there's going to be resources put in, and you know the economy is going to shift in that direction. So again, if you're looking at understanding how to succeed in China, you should also be following what are some of those pronouncements are, whereas in the West, the government might say that, but it might not happen, because there's a different way you have to work things through to shift it. But when the Chinese government says, here's what we're going to do, uh, uh, they do it in that regard, uh, because of the way the, the political system works out. So uh, great conversation today, uh, Dor and Siwon. Uh, Dor, it's, it's, it's been a pleasure to have you here. Before we wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to add for our listeners today about the PTL group? Of course, we highly recommend they come and speak to you. You guys, you would be the first port of call for anybody looking at the Chinese market just to have that initial conversation.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Um, yeah, just um, a
1: final word on um, on you know the the outlook on China. Um, you know, I understand and you know I I experience it in my in my day to day interactions with companies that that there is a lot of apprehension around China, but you know I I wouldn't. Be in this in this industry if I didn't genuinely believe that China needs to be a a, a when and not an if for for any company that you know is seriously looking at um, expanding um, globally. You know I, I think that you know China there there are challenges that come to in, in with entering the Chinese market. Mark, you yourself said that you know you wouldn't have China as a second export destination, and to be honest, for for many companies, I you know wouldn't disagree with you on that front it is a challenging market but i think for you know for foreign business owners they need to have china in their periphery at all times because if they're not already in the market they need to be thinking okay how can i enter the market and you know the i guess the the fear or the um, the doubt of whether or not they will succeed the implications of not succeeding need to be um, you know understood in the context of saying okay with a small investment with you know a good um, local partner which you know we believe ourselves to be i can learn a heck of a lot and i can more likely than not succeed in growing and building a robust china operation um so that's yeah that's my takeaway message don't be afraid of china uh, and always strive to if you're not operating and you're not selling in there Strive to build an operation in there because even if you you try and and for whatever reason it's not successful, I want to guarantee. I, in fact, I do guarantee that
0: you won't regret the the attempt. Excellent, thank you, Dor. C1, would you like to say something before we sign off?
2: I think I was going to say the same as Dor that don't be afraid of China. Um, the uh, the opportunity is fantastic uh, in China. I think uh, if I were go- uh, going to give some uh, tips on do's and don'ts, uh, I would say do keep an open mind, um, do uh, research the market, and also uh, build your brand, And uh, but don't rush into it. It is a long-term uh, uh, return, um, but once uh, you see the return, the, the return will be great. Um, and uh, d- don't forget to review your uh, business foundations, um, the business model, value propositions, and to prioritize your target market within the Chinese market. And don't be afraid.
0: Thank you, Siwan. So uh, thank both Dora and Siwan. That's been a great discussion about uh, the Chinese market. And I think everybody, all our listeners should make a note. It's not if, it's when. Because at some time, that market is going to be so attractive for you. You will do everything you can to succeed in there. Perhaps it's not this month or next month or the end of this year. It could be early next year. But it definitely has to be on your radar. So that uh, great session today on China on our podcast about things you should know to make your business grow. I'm Mark McNacca, CEO and Founder. It's been wonderful to have you listening with us today. Bye. Bye.
1: Thank you. Bye.